0: Welcome to episode 489 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. How's it going? It's going well.
1: It's going well. Um, Full 16-game slate this week. Um, No teams on by. Three teams, or six teams, obviously, playing on Thanksgiving. That's I've been laser-focused on those games to this point. Had to drive to my my parents' house on, on Sunday night. Um, but I'm here. Uh, got all the uh, all, all three games written up in the matchups, and um, I'm ready for. I, I love playing uh, DFS on Thanksgiving.
0: It is a really a great slate to play for sure. You get those three back to back to back games instead of concurrent games. Really is amazing. On today's show, we are going to go team by team through each NFC squad, talking through what we saw and what it means. Evan mentioned he has the three Thanksgiving games up. His breakdown of them. We also have projections up. For the Thanksgiving slate right now, before we go any further, I want to let everyone know that even though I hate Thanksgiving week, I do love a good Black Friday sale. The Black Friday sale I'm about to describe, however, does come out of me and Evan's pocket, so I'm not as thrilled. But alas, here we are. So we hardly ever run sales, almost never, but we have a ridiculous one going right now. It is just $4.99 to try ETR NFL for one week. That is 80% off the normal price of one week. The sale also includes $39.99 to try one month of ETR. The normal price is $75.99. So go to establisherrun.com slash Black Friday for details. Again, EstablishTheRun.com slash Black Friday for details. You can also find the link to all these offers pinned on my Twitter. Also, we have to note this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Big action on the three-game slate on Underdog if you prefer Snake Draft. And Snake Draft is a lot of fun. I think the edge can be really, really big. Our rankings for underdog fantasy battle royale Thanksgiving slate are also up. If you don't have an underdog account, promo code ETR when you sign up and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Again, promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right, let's get started here with the Cardinals. Evan went down to Mexico City and got their butts kicked by the San Francisco 49ers last night. Obviously, I had my eye on the uh, first game for first full game for Trey McBride without Zach Ertz. I mean, average of the target was really, really low. He did play 54 out of 71 snaps; 23 of them were slot or wide, but only a nine percent target share. Four catches for 14 yards. What did you see out of Trey McBride's first game without Ertz? And then we do have to talk about the Rondale Moore injury. Yeah, I thought that
1: the usage was pretty good. Um, you know, he didn't have a ton of yards. He didn't really get any great. Run after catch opportunities, but that's something that he's got in his bag. He was a great run after catch tight end at Colorado State. Um, I feel pretty good about him. I mean, I think he's like a fringe tight end one uh, yeah. right now, based on his initial usage. It was funny. I was watching the game with my parents, and they and they were, you know, watching Greg Dortch, and they're like, "What's this guy? He's so small." And I was like, "Yeah, that's why he didn't get drafted." Yeah, you know, but he's he's really good at football. He was really good in college and he big-time capitalized on the Rondell Moore groin injury. Looks like Rondell Moore is going to be week to week.
0: Yeah, Rondell Moore left after one snap, and when guys are like immediately shut down after one snap, I tend to think that it's going to be a multi-week issue. Now, Greg Dorch, Rondell Moore has missed all or most of four games this year. Greg Dorch in those, seven catches for 63 yards, 455-1, 980 and 9103-0. Three of those games came without DeAndre Hopkins, and – Hollywood Brown could be back next week. So it's not as clean as maybe it seems for Greg Dorch, but I still think that role is so good. That slot role, Greg Dorch cannot play anywhere else than the slot. He will be in there in the slot, even if Marquise Brown gets back. So I still do like Greg Dorch as an ad here. We'll see on the status of Marquise Brown. Alkins. I mean, the Kyle Pitts stuff, man, it looked like maybe he was on his way to a decent game. Sadly, hurts his uh, MCL, tears his MCL. looks like he's going to need surgery. He's on IR. If he gets back, it'll be for like week 17 or 18 or something like that. At best, if Kyle Pitts even makes it back, we will see there. But almost like cathartic, Evan, like Kyle Pitts by far my worst, um, by far, you know, my worst take of the preseason was to be in on Kyle Pitts in round three. And uh, yeah, it's just cathartic just uh, to drop him. The other thing I saw in this game was quarterback Patterson 10 carries, Algier 8, Huntley 1. You know, they're going to split it three ways and Mariota had 13 carries in this game. So, you know, the CPAT stuff, he needs to be efficient. He's scored touchdowns. He's still a very good player. He still has a reasonable role, but it's a strict rushing role. And they're going to give a lot of guys carries. Anything else for you on Atlanta who got a good win over the Bears at home?
1: No, just that CPAT... Although he's not like a clear-cut feature back, like shout-out to him, ninth career kick return touchdown and probably the best kick returner of all time. I mean, that's legit where, where he is and he's still he's still balling. I mean, what an awesome career. You know, he was considered a bust for a while. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, he's been in the league like 10 years at this point.
0: Yeah. Carolina. is Baker Mayfield stuff, man. I mean, you just can't win with them. I mean, they scored three points at Baltimore. It, P- Panthers defense showed up and played really well. And, like, you just cannot win with Baker Mayfield at this point, it seems. I don't even know if they're going to go back to him or not. Who knows what they're going to do this week going forward. What do you see out of the Panthers' ugly loss in Baltimore?
1: Uh, People are talking about dropping DJ Moore. Can we just give it one more week to maybe get to Sam Darnold? Mm -hmm. Because I think that he's got a shot with Sam Darnold based on what they did together last year. But, I mean, this is one of these offenses where, you know, Things can go really, really bad in any given game. And Deontay Foreman, although he has played really well, like he just gets absolutely washed out in a game like this. And it wasn't even like, you know, a massive game script sort of situation like they did uh, against the Bengals. I mean, the the game was fairly close. I mean, it was three to three for the vast majority of the game. But the the offense is just so bad around Deontay Foreman. He's going to have some major duds like this one.
0: Yeah, and it reminds me of Damian Pierce, like Foreman and Damian Pierce setups are similar to me, like really, really good runners who can get 20 carries, 25 carries in a game, Pierce maybe more so than Foreman, but the team environment, I mean, it can go really bad. And so when, you know, some of the stuff I talk about with the IKB with projections and stuff like that, like, it's hard to boil an entire range of outcomes down to one number. And obviously, when things go bad for Dante Foreman, when they go bad for Damian Pierce, I mean, it can go really bad. I mean, really bad. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, how do you how are you handling Deontay Foreman right now in season long? Do you just kind of like set it and forget it? Uh, Because I I had a guy asking me, he really did not want to play Deontay Foreman because he just thought that it was going to be such a bad situation. I was like, yeah, but the dude has it like every week he could get up to like 25 carries.
0: Yeah. You know. I think yeah. in spots, in, like, flex spots where I can play, like, reasonable wide receivers over him, I think I typically would do that in half PPR and full PPR. But, you know, my teams are so running back thin that, like, I, I'm starting Deontay Foreman at mm-hmm. running back. You know, I think you'll know if you have a better option than him at the running back position. Speaking of better options at running back, Chicago Bears, without Khalil Herbert, predictably, David Montgomery played 80% of the snaps, ran a route on 75% of the dropbacks. He got 17 carries and five targets, you know, The Fields rushing stuff is a big impact on David Montgomery's rushing stuff. Like it's hard to get 20, 25 carries when Fields is rushing so much. But now we get this Justin Fields left non-throwing shoulder injury. And I do think that he was legit hurt. And I do think that he ran less in the second half of that game because of it. We'll see on Justin Fields status day today going forward. What did you see out of the Bears down there in Atlanta? Yeah, and there was a report that he, that Justin Fields, had a dislocated
1: left shoulder, and then there were multiple report, reports. His agent must have sent out like a mass text to several different reporters because a bunch of reporters all at the same time said that his left shoulder is not dislocated. We'll just have to find out. I mean, we, you know, we're doing this early afternoon on Tuesday, and it doesn't seem like there have been any. There's been any firm reporting about what's going on with Justin Fields anywhere from day to day to season ending.
0: Yeah, he is on pace to run for one thousand two hundred eighty nine. Yards 1289. That would break Lamar's 2019 record. I mean, and absolutely insane what he he continued to do. You know, I thought under seventy-eight rushing yards for him was a good bet uh this past week. And uh yeah, he's just nope. completely, completely out of control. Yep. Um Dallas. So question here on Dallas is the running back stuff, and was this an Zeke easing back in situation, or are they finally going for it with Tony Pollard? My take is that they're going for it. I, I really think that they are. Tony Pollard led Zeke 39, 21 in snaps, 18 to 5 in routes, 21 to 16 in opportunities. You did see Zeke get in there for like some goal line stuff, right? And like I think that's where Zeke can still be effective and better for them. But I do think going forward, my take is that Tony Pollard will see more touches going forward than Zeke. It's just they're going for it, man. like you can't you can't go back. Zeke. after what Pollard's done the last three games but I see the other side of the argument that they said they were going to credit to Tom Palacero by the way who reported this Sunday morning that they were going to go with Pollard as the lead back in this game I don't know Evan will they go with it going forward I guess is the question all I can say is
1: that I think we know for sure that they should and I think that they will because as we talked about at the beginning of the season like they really don't have a ton of explosiveness in their offense otherwise I mean CeeDee Lamb's really good Dalton Schultz solid you know possession receiving tight end Michael Gallup is still making his way back I think they need that exposure that 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 dynamic ability in their offense and Tony Pollard gives that to them so good in the passing game I mean he, and, and that's really what he was in college. If you go back to Memphis, he was more of like a, um, a return guy and a, a receiving back. I, I, I think he has to be the lead back going forward. I would expect 14 to 17 touches each week from him and more along the lines of like 9 to 13 for Zeke Elliott. Let him have the goal line stuff. Tony Pollard can still get there from far out. Dak is balling right now, yeah. okay? Dak is on fire uh, they are, he didn't have a big rushing day in this game, but they have been dialing up some design runs for him. He's a hundred percent healthy yeah. and he's a really, really good quarterback when he is at full strength. And that's what he is right now. It sounds like they might get Tyron Smith back uh, one of these weeks coming up. And I mean, the, the arrow is pointing up on the
0: Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, clearly the Cowboys were favored in Minnesota who was eight and one at the time. And then they beat him 40 to three, you know? And so there's gonna be a lot of people out there with, uh, takes that Dallas is the best team in the NFC. I would say San Francisco and Eagles have an argument also, but uh, but yeah, should be a good NFC playoffs. There's no doubt. Detroit. <laughs> They've won three straight games, man. Shout out to, to our Lions. Like I had almost marked all the Lions future mm-hmm. stuff as dead and maybe it's still his, but at least it has some life now does the Lions stuff. Good win for them. DJ Chark did get back for this game. Barely played though. Kind of expected given how long he was out and how severe ankle stuff is that he's coming back from. Jamison Williams was activated from IR. I'm not sure when he's actually going to play, but I'd love to see him out there before the end of the year. And then the big news, Evan, three more touchdowns for Jamal Williams. People keep asking me, "Uh, where Evan's going to win the Jamal Williams 151 (laughs) most, most touchdowns. What's going on? Here's the update. Jamal Williams has 12 rushing touchdowns. Nick Chubb has 11. Derrick Henry has 10. I mean, obviously I think Chubb and Henry are still a favorite given it's that close in their team dynamics but there's so many times this year where like a guy's been knocked out at the one on the lions and it's Jamal Williams every single time so good sweat here for Evan what else did you see on the lions you got to win in metlife
1: yeah i still think Jamal Williams is a dog but i also in in that race particularly but we got a shot you know um, we're over halfway the season halfway uh, through the season and we've got a shot so i will definitely take that um, I also think that the lions have just outright settled on Jamal Williams as their lead back. And I think that, and you know, just based on their use, I mean, this has been going on for multiple games. Now it's Deandre Swift and Justin Jackson splitting the number two running back role. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's kind of just what it is right now.
0: Yeah. He, you know, I think Deandre Swift looks healthy to me. I think he looks healthy to the team. Watch the tape bros at this point. It just is what it is. Jamal Williams is getting outsnapped and out touched by Justin Jackson on a weekly basis, and obviously Jamal Williams is the feature back. So that maybe like you know DeAndre Swift did something to Dan Campbell. I mean I I don't know man, but yeah. it just is what it is. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the
1: Lions going forward. Schedule. What what are we taking for the take them for the
0: wins? Was it six and a half? I have the most on six and a half, but I have some alternate stuff on seven and a half too. But yeah, most of the base, the baseline was six and a half.
1: Their schedule is pretty rough.
0: Yeah, it's Um, going to be a Bills,
1: Jaguars, Vikings, Jets are pretty tough. Um, Carolina, Chicago, they should be able to win those two, but it's going to be close.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a sweat for sure. Green Bay, Christian Watson did it again, man. I mean, he ran 31 routes on 40 dropbacks. I was ahead of Randall Cobb's 26 routes, obviously ahead of. Dust ball, Sammy Watkins, 14 routes behind Alan Lazard. But Christian Watson, two more touchdowns, clearly, clearly gaining big-time trust from Aaron Rodgers. But another loss here last Thursday. Seems like forever ago now, but last Thursday for the Packers, what do you see on that island game against the Titans?
1: Well, they pulled Randall Cobb off IR, and right away, like Aaron Rodgers just targeting the, the piss out of him. I mean yeah. – he had, a, uh, he had a pretty big night, six for 73. Alan Lazard continues to you know get – I someone mentioned Alan Lazard as like a buy low right now. All the attention is on Christian Watson, and I kind of agree with that. I think um, Alan Lazard, like there's no threat to his role. He had 11 targets yeah. in this game. He's going to continue to be a guy that Aaron Rodgers looks to in the red zone. Um I think you can start him with confidence. I think you can start Christian Watson with confidence at this point too.
0: Yep, for sure. Rams, it's over for the Rams, man. I mean, if there was any hope left for the Rams, it's it's definitely over now. And I kind of wrote them off after like week two or week three, which uh, has felt pretty good. But uh, now with Matthew Stafford suffering another concussion, you know, his second in two and a half weeks or whatever, um, I would expect him to miss a bunch of time. Obviously, Cooper Cup is not going to rush back to be part of this league worst or one of the league's worst teams this is kind of what happens man they went for it they gave up all their draft picks they gave up all their cap they went for it they won the super bowl and now it's just like total dust you know i know amico has been on the train that mcveigh is just gonna like torch it and leave and go be on tv somewhere you know which which might be the case i mean they'd have like no way really uh to get back on track this season and i don't even know about the future so i, I don't even think about like starting any of these guys or playing any of them in defense like Skyronek and Allen Robinson it just seems dead I do think they might have start Bryce Perkins here which would be interesting mm-hmm. but we'll see there uh anything for you on the Cooper Cup list Rams and maybe yeah. some Bryce Perkins stuff Evan
1: yeah um Bryce Perkins can run um yep. Stafford is back in the concussion protocol yeah so I don't I don't know maybe they'll just shut him down for the year And, I mean, I think that that's the sort of thing that's in play at this point in a dead season. They're 3-7. and Um, I don't know. Uh, Shout out to Tutu Atwell. two-yard touchdown, one target. He's got a a great
0: uh, yards per target average at this point. That was his second career catch. Did you know – the only reason that uh, Tutu Atwell actually didn't blow away Uh, In that game was because it was in a dome. If that game was outside, there's no way he would have made that play. Yeah. Uh, Would have.
1: Well, no. Next next time he's in a dome, got to play 2 2 at well.
0: (laughs) And Vikings Vikings laid an absolute egg, one of the worst eggs of the season. I get that it's a tough spot. Dallas has the best pass rush in the league. Kirk Cousins took seven sacks, seven. And he even played the whole game because they were just like, screw it. We're not winning this game. I mean, 40 to three. I don't know where we can really have takeaways here other than. Vikings were not prepared for Dallas's pass rush whatsoever. Anything you saw from the Vikings, ugly, ugly loss to the Cowboys. I just thought it was sort of uh,
1: karma for all the 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 goofballs who were ranking the Vikings as the number one team in their power rankings. Like, just make a list of the the teams in order of their win loss records. You know, and I mean, just, I mean, they're they're a solid team. You know, I mean, I like the Vikings, but. Yeah. To think that they're better than like the chiefs and all i mean that was that was just ridiculous well
0: i mean yeah nobody thought they were better the cowboys were favored in Minnesota. a lot of people I mean, a lot of people had them number one in their power right rankings. but those people don't actually bet money right so to me these people okay. are our opinions are worthless you know like can, okay, if you fine. if you if you thought the vikings were number one in power rank because you should have been licking your chops to get them as a two point or one and a half point dog at home to the cowboys clearly um you yeah. know Bike yeah, just not on the same level. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot you can take away
1: from this box score because of the lopsided nature of how that game went down. Um, but I just say that T.J. Hawkinson maintains a massive role in this passing game, and um, I don't know he's got a, he's going to have a tough matchup on Thursday night against Kyle Duggar and, and the Patriots. Um, but I, I just love the way that they're u- that they're utilizing him. He's an every week fantasy starter.
0: Yeah, and by the way, the Thanksgiving established the show, me, Silva, and Wiggins, where we talk about the DFS slate. That is free this week. It will be Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube. Be, f- be sure you set a reminder for that. We'll talk about the outlook for TJ Hawkinson, uh, Josh Allen, uh, all these guys that are playing yeah. on Thursday. Also, Saints. the Viking uh, the Vikings left
1: tackle, Christian Derisaw, who's been playing at like an all-pro level, he suffered a concussion. It's going to be really hard for him to to get back on the short week.
0: Yep. Yeah. Saints. So they mixed in Taysom a lot here in this game. Um, 17 snaps for Taysom at quarterback, which is way more than they've done recently. Taysom got off nine runs, three passes, one target. I just put that out there because desperate people for tight end where he's tight end eligible. Like, you know, you lost Kyle Pitts or who knows. You know, you can play. Taysom, if he's going to get those 17 quarterback snaps, we'll try to get a read from Underhill if he'll do that. Going forward, what else did you see from the Saints game in Week 11? Yeah, there was a lot of talk about Jameis
1: maybe going in, replacing Andy Dalton if Andy Dalton played poorly. Andy Dalton responded with a great game. Yeah. Um, So he's going to maintain that starting job. The Saints get the win. You know, um, I, I think they should continue to involve Taysom more. I mean, their offense had really been sputtering. All of a sudden, they get Taysom rolling back, rolling, and like their offense plays well in a bad spot. Their offensive line was so banged up entering that game. I thought that Aaron Donald was going to go off, but you know there are ways that you can defend uh, against Aaron Donald, and the Rams aren't. The Rams just—they're not very good.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, Saints have to play at San Francisco mm-hmm. this week, and then at Tampa. The following week so you know tough stretch here for the Saints stuff i don't really think tough. yeah i mean the the Chimera's usage continues to be good but you know volume just um a volume of plays for the saints just hasn't really been there enough he uh Chimera handled 12 of 13 running back carries in this game and obviously the Taysom stuff is not great for the Kamara stuff either pass catching or rushing also uh, Juwan johnson yeah i mean he's strung together like four really good games the
1: first two A lot of it came in garbage time, so I had like a level of skepticism. You know, maybe Adam Troutman could get more involved. I mean, he's doing it now in non-garbage time scenarios. I mean, and he is, you know, I mean, he's a guy that you want in your lineup
0: every week at this point. Giants. I'm not sure you're aware, Evan, but uh, the man known as Daniel J. Dimes is now fantasy's quarterback 10 in points per game. And this is playing with, you know, you lose Sterling Shepard, you lose Colin Johnson. Slayton was benched for most of the year. Gallaty gives them nothing. Now, Wanda Robinson, who's been hurt for a lot of the year, he blows out his knee, which actually is really sad on Wanda because he had a breakout game, 9-100-0 on 13 targets. Just a credit to what a Russian quarterback can give you wins with Brian Dable. You don't even need weapons. Danny Dimes continues to ball. But yeah, now, I mean, they're really, really thin. The Wandale thing really sucks what you see out of the Giants who really, really underperformed in a home game against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the
1: Giants are another one of these teams that has a really good record and just isn't really that good. You have to appreciate the coaching and them maximizing what they have. They just don't have a a whole lot. Um, Yeah, Wondell Robinson was in the midst of his like legit breakout game, tears his ACL. Richie James is going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about on the Thanksgiving show Mm -hmm. because he can play the slot. And I think he could get a lot of run. He did. He was on the injury report earlier this week, though. But he will be a guy that we will talk about extensively as like sort of a, a sleeper on the Thanksgiving slate.
0: I'm curious what you think of the Saquon game against the Lions because I yeah. played Saquon in cash and I just needed like 12 points and he got five. I mean, home against mm-hmm. the Lions. And people are saying his workload's been too big. He's wearing down. Now he's got a short week. We'll talk about all this on Thursday, but generally where do you think Saquon is at.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been a little inefficient over his last three um, just ha- has not been hitting the big runs and I mean look defenses are are trying to take him away I mean they yeah. the Giants have only had two consistent offensive contributors and they've both been you know, it's been Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones like as runners yeah. so I mean I you know I, I think it's just a blip during the season the workload certainly isn't going to go away
0: I think he'll break some, some big ones coming up here shortly let's go to the Eagles Eagles uh, played this game in Indy and they went really really run heavy I mean maybe that was something to do with the Goddard stuff but even when they were behind them they were really run heavy 16 Jalen Hurts carries 14 designed runs for Jalen Hurts just an absurd number overall they ran it 33 times and only threw it 25 in a game they were trailing a lot for so what do you think of the Eagles in their first game without Dallas Goddard squeaking out a win up in Indy
1: yeah, a little bit surprising that that game plan. They're playing indoors and against the Colts run defense that has been really good this year. Um, the uh, The tight end situation in the absence of Dallas Goddard, we really got nothing there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Devontae Smith was solid. A.J. Brown was solid. Quez Watkins with the touchdown. Wasn't
0: that Dink's uh, flag plant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so – I I actually played Quez on a on a hurt stack and like I didn't expect a big role change from him. He's just a guy that like might get one to three targets and that didn't really Mm -hmm. change. He only got two targets. He didn't really have a role change with Goddard out. So I'm skeptical about overreacting to the Quez Watkins thing, but you know, he's gonna pop up for for a touchdown here or there. I mean, he goes deep and he gets a couple targets a game. 49ers last night. It means she can have big games, man. Like when you have Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I don't care who your quarterback is. Like, you're gonna have some big games. Just get these guys the ball and let them go nuts. And that's a lot of what you saw against Arizona. The other thing with San Francisco, everybody's talking about Eli Mitchell is now out carry Christian McCaffrey two games in a row. And like I get that a lot of that was second half, mm-hmm. blowout stuff. In the first half, it was actually tight. Uh I, not in the first half. It was tight when the game was within two scores between Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. But man, Kyle Shanahan using Christian McCaffrey on like these swing passes and these passing routes is so, so, so good. Obviously still the best running back in fantasy. In my opinion, what did you see out of the 49ers last night against the Cardinals?
1: Yeah, I mean, they, the, the way that they're using him is like really fun. I know he's losing some carries to Elijah Mitchell, and Elijah Mitchell has earned that. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do about it. Like, we're not going to stop playing Christian McCaffrey. You know, I don't know, maybe it'll – sway us against Christian McCaffrey when we're making DFS decisions, but Christian McCaffrey can also have monster games. He looks like a wide receiver running routes from the slot, running routes outside. I mean, I I love the way that they're using him right now. Um, And I mean, they're using him so much in the passing game, which historically, you know, the Kyle Shanahan RBs haven't caught a lot of passes, but they're making sure that Christian McCaffrey gets his, passing game usage in George Kittle just smacked the Cardinal. We've talked about this a lot. The cart like offensive coordinators specifically target the Arizona linebackers and pass coverage with their tight ends. And George Kittle just totally smashed that. Uh, That's yeah. where he should have. Um, I thought Debo looked pretty good, but he did not. Oh, he did uh, break that touchdown yeah. late in the game to have a pretty good fantasy
0: result. Of course. Um, of course. Yeah. And you know, Kyle Shanahan is like to me, the ultimate talent. Maximizer, right? So, like, he doesn't think that Christian McCaffrey is best used 25 carries. Let's give some of those base carries to Eli Mitchell. And to me, Christian McCaffrey is still like elite, elite, elite. Obviously, uh, our projections will factor in for DFS exactly how much he loses by sharing some carries with Eli Mitchell. Seattle was on a buy, they'll come out of the buy for a good spot home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Anything for you on Seattle as they come out of their buy here?
1: No, um. I think that, but I, I think that they're going to have a, a solid finish offensively. Again, their their offensive tackles, their rookie offensive tackles, they just crushed this draft, yeah. by the way. Uh, but these offensive tackles have played at a really high level all season. Geno Smith, uh, so he's the favorite for NFL Comeback Player of the Year, which you, to which you have a ticket. Yeah. And um, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, healthy coming out of the bye. I mean, I, I think that the outlook is pretty pretty solid here.
0: Yeah, and the Kenneth Walker usage was really good in the past game, in the game before the bye, and I thought Tyler Lockett has been a bit banged up. Really good time, I think, for Seattle to get a bye here and kind of regroup for a home game against Vegas. Good spot. Hawks are also coming out of their bye. They'll play at Cleveland. Story coming out of the bye is, of course, Rashad White started the game before the bye. Lenny had a hip issue that he picked up later in that game. We'll see on Lenny's status. Any predictions, assuming Lenny is healthy, any predictions on the Rashad White versus Lenny split going forward.
1: I think that it's going to be pretty close to 50-50 and that they'll do like the hot hand thing where you know if somebody's looking good like they'll they'll ride them. But
0: yeah. I, I I would pre- like if I was going to do projections like pretty much straight 50-50. Yep. Washington football team so Terry McLaurin, we know the deal by now seven targets on 27 Heinegy attempts like that's his boy. There's just not a lot of room for Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson because those guys have short a dots, and especially Curtis Samuel and so they need volume to get there it's just not happening obviously Curtis Samuel I believe got a rushing touchdown in this game it was good to see Logan Thomas man I thought that injury was going to like end his career Logan Thomas five catches 65 yards on six targets in this game really really good and then the running backs you know I, th- I said all week you know I thought Gibson was a better play than Brian Robinson Gibson of course gets the pass game work and in this game Antonio Gibson actually outcarried Brian Robinson 18 to 15. Also, really good signs for Antonio Gibson now that we know JD McKissick is done for the season. What do you see out of Washington's easy win? They're playing well, man. And what do you see out of Washington's easy win over the Texans? Yeah, they are. They've got they've won five of their last
1: six now. Yeah. I mean, they're like all of a sudden firmly in the playoff hunt. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Antonio Gibson is an every week RB two. At this point, Brian Robinson, like a touchdown dependent RB2 slash flex. Um, But Antonio Gibson, I mean, again, he's just he's got a lot more ability than Brian Robinson has. And now that we've narrowed this backfield down to two, J.D. McKissick is officially out for the year.
0: Antonio Gibson is playable and Brian Robinson is playable to an extent. All right. That is going to do it for the NFC Team by Team pod. Again, please be sure to check out if you've never tried to establish the run. NFL before. This will be the cheapest you will ever have an opportunity to do it this week only for Black Friday week. Head to the pinned tweet on my Twitter for the link if you've never tried ETR before. For Evan, for Preacher Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.